a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down with Macro Aggressions host, Charlie Robinson. He is also an author. He wrote The Octopus of Global Control, as well as co-authored Control Demolition. All of the ways to find him, his books, and his podcast will be linked in the show notes. This dude is incredible. We had a wonderful conversation. You guys will really enjoy this interview. We go cabals deep on this one, as well as we talk about the moon landing, UFOs, uh, disclosure, all of this great stuff, guys. He is fantastic. We just had an awesome conversation. It was one of my favorites, to be honest with you. Uh, as well as wanted to let you guys know to stick around after the show. Uh, at the end here, we will have music from Vinny the Saint. He's a good friend of mine. He's been doing some outro music for us, and I'm just going to rotate those out. Uh, how to find him will be linked in the show description, along with Charlie's work. So without any further ado, guys, Charlie Robinson. Ladies and gentlemen, a great honor of mine to have on the show today, Charlie Robinson of the Macroaggressions Podcast. He's also the author of two books, working on third, I heard, uh, Octopus of Global Control, and then you co-authored with Jeff Berwick, Your Controlled Demolition. Uh, fantastic reads, man. I uh, love your work. It's an honor to finally get on and talk to you. I've talked about you on just damn near every single podcast because... I say that I definitely identify with your term that I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy analyst, and I love that. I always credit you for that. That is your thing. So for my audience that doesn't know too much about you, which is going to be insane for me uh, that people out there don't know who you are, if you don't mind, just uh, let the folks know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, I'm I'm flattered that you would mention me. I'm just trying to talk about the things I see and the insanity out there. I'm a I've written a couple books now, but my um, my awakening and my sort of journey through all of this started many years ago. You know, I mean, I wasn't really up on, you know, when 9-11 actually happened, I didn't understand it all. It took a couple of years and then I started to pick, a, pick apart at that and it didn't seem right. And then uh, I learned about the financial, I went through the financial collapse and I, I had a a front row seat to that in Las Vegas, working in real estate and watching the mortgage, uh, you know, the criminality happening there and things like that. And I wanted to kind of understand, I wanted to understand how it all works. So that's what started me down this path. And then in 2017, I put out the octopus book and uh, macroaggressions followed in 2020 and also controlled demolition with Berwick. uh, went out in November of 2020, just a couple of days before the election. So, so there's, um, you know, there's just so much going on. I wasn't really, 
you know, I wasn't really positive how I was going to play a role in this. I didn't actually know that I needed to play a role in this. It wasn't until I had like a very kind of casual, simple conversation with my mother and I was explaining to her some amazing new conspiracy or something I had found. And she's like, this is really interesting and fascinating. And you've got all this information, but what are you going to do with it? And it had never really occurred to me I had to do anything with it. So I, I, I thought about it and you know, sort of examine, well, what could I do? I'm not a filmmaker. I don't, I don't have a radio show. And I decided I would start trying to write and that wound up becoming the octopus book. And I was off, off from there. So I didn't, you know, so I I went from being like an observer in this whole uh, scenario to being a participant because I felt like I had to do something. I wasn't really sure exactly how that was going to work. I figured writing was the best way. I started writing. It felt good. I kept writing. I'm still writing. And from that point on, I feel like until we get, you know, my dream is to do like a podcast about football, but I can't do the football podcast while they're still trying to inject us with poisons. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I kind of have to prioritize the where I'm going to put my my energies and efforts right now. And it's like, well, as long as there's all this insanity happening, I feel like maybe that's the that's where I should focus. Kind of hard to do a deep dive on like four, three defenses when you're, when you know that like humanity might be at, at their end, you know? So, so I have to, I, eventually my goal is to get, you know, we get all the problems solved and then we can go back to doing podcasts about frivolous things. But until that point uh, we will continue to, you know, to just try and educate people about what's going on and, and, and help them to, um, to better understand what is really happening in this world, the world that gets hidden from you by the media, by the governments and people like that. And, and we're just trying to do our part to expose it and wake people up. Mm. You know, and ironically, probably whenever we do solve all the problems and you're ready to go back, it'll be the total collapse of society. Football won't exist anymore. Right. And then now you'll just be doing a retro football show where you reveal old plays and that'll be kind of the, the direction you go with. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we, we're in a, we're in a, we're, I mean, it, we're in a strange time. I think that is a, a, a massive understatement, but it feels like it feels like it can go either direction at this point. Like you could very easily see a world three years from now where everybody is totally comfortable wearing not just masks, but helmets and eye patches and all kinds of crazy things to make sure that the Rona doesn't get in their ears or something, you know, or up their butt because someone said, Oh, it travels through the pipes and the toilets and everything. And so, you know, you've got to wear four pairs of underwear. So we could go down that path with the dummies leading everybody right off of a cliff. And, and if the media has their say in things, that's where we will go. Or, you know, we can inject some sanity and rationality into this conversation and maybe try and pull people back from the brink. So I think that that is, uh, that's where we are. I mean, as much as I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'd rather we not be in this fight. I do have to confess that it is fascinating to watch. I mean, the last year was, you know, it was bizarre and, and and traumatic and horrible for small businesses. And it was all those things. It was a, it was a disaster, but like the kind of like scientific observer part of my brain also is acknowledging that it was an amazing case study in 
psychological manipulation and medical manipulation and media manipulation and how easily confused people can be and how distracted you can get people and how you can get somebody to double mask in their car by themselves just because the little box in in the corner of the room tells you to be afraid all the time and and that is um man that's just powerful and crazy and weird and fascinating all wrapped up in one it really is and you know i don't tend to blame the people that are falling for the um We'll just call it what it is, the deception. I I tend to definitely blame the media and our government and the people who are supposed to be cultivating a great society full of open-minded thinkers. The problem with the people in power that want the more power is is that open-minded thinkers tend to not listen to their bullshit. And so it is an interesting study, like you said, in psychology, in human psychology, what we have been going through. And I would argue that it's been going on since probably after the 50s, the 60s, man, it's been this slow denigration, this cultural change that they've inflicted on us. Of course, the big they, you know, uh, yeah. have inflicted on us and for purpose of designing a society in which we live now. I mean, it's they've gotten it. You know, they've got their New World Order wet dream, these sheeple that just listen to whatever comes out of the box. They get scared. And, you know, you can think back to the times and I don't even know if they do it anymore because I haven't watched the news and I can't tell you how many years. Uh, that's why I live such a joyous, happy life. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you used to see on the news where they would say, OK, this toothpaste from China that you've got, everybody's got in their home will kill you and rot your face off and murder your whole family. Find out tonight at nine. And it's like if this was for the people, then you would have found out now you would have told us now. And then it turns out that they played at the very last of the broadcast at the very end of the last commercial, the longest commercial break. And, you know, they get these viewers. It's the same way that preachers keep uh, people in pews. It's telling them that they're going to hell if they don't listen to you, that something horrible will happen to them if they're not tuned into the message that you are broadcasting in any respect. So do you, do you agree with that, that it's been set up for this for a long time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the media, are co-conspirators in this for sure. And they, and the government and the media and the medical industry are to me responsible for all of this. And, but then I would put just one notch below them, the public, because I, they're not, they're not responsible for the message, but they are responsible for being so easily led by the message. And, and I understand, you know, there's science behind the way the television works and there's brain waves and, and there's, you know, conditioning and Tavistock Institute's involved and psychology is involved. And there's a lot of thought that's gone into the television that is used to control people. So I get it. There's a lot of people that are being put into hypnotic tra- trance like states, and then they're receiving all this information and then they go out into the world and, and act fearful because of it. So I understand that it's not totally their fault, but I do have to comp- I do have to hold them in part responsible because, you know, it's not like it's not like you just went to some some show and there's a hypnotist there and they, they hypnotize you like you've been watching television for decades you know that they're that they're lying to you on your television you know that they're lying to you on your nightly news like so you have this you, we know and and for people that just keep going back to CNN after they know they're they're in the they're in like an abusive relationship with their with their cable news you know their media treats them horribly and uh, tells them that they're all going to die and keeps them in fear and keeps them coming back they're 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 in, a, in an abusive relationship but and 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 so you blame the abuser in that but you also have to tell the victim as well hey listen I mean 
you have to be aware of your own situation here. You're allowed, you're, you're being, you're putting yourself in a situation where this happens. You can turn off CNN and this, and, and half of the problems go away and you can, you can recognize that your television is not telling you the truth. So, so I will always, I will always um, blame the television and the media and, and all of those groups because they've done this and they've set this up, like you said, decades in advance. It's not accidental. We've gotten to this this position that we're in through the incremental removing of our willpower and our common sense and our rational critical thought thinking and, and things like that. So we've kind of done it to ourselves in conjunction with the media. We've allowed them to uh, to to put us in this weird trance, not, not, not us. Yes. Like we, we see this, but I mean, I'm talking about the general public. And, and so, so yes, uh, let's, let's make sure that we uh, assign blame to those that are responsible for it. Meaning the, the media and the science scientists behind it and the propagandists and all that. But, you know, I don't go too hard on the general public. I mean, I, 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 I give them a little bit of a break because I, I realize that most of them don't even know what they're up against, but, but also I, you know, I kind of am like, well, you, you should know what you're up against. I mean, you, you've been living on this planet for a while. You've been interacting with media for a while. If you haven't figured out that your nightly news is maybe not telling you the whole truth, then you're kind of, you're kind of allowing this to happen. So I, you know, I, I, I try to find this, this, this line between fully blaming the public for being sheeple people and, and, and also like acknowledging that part of it, part of it is not their fault. I mean, they are, they are up against some, some powerful people here that, that know exactly how to push the right buttons and get people angry and get people scared and get people fighting with each other. I mean, they, they're good at it. We'll give, we got to give them credit. The media knows how to get us going, but, but, the scientific part, like I can give people a free pass on and say like, you maybe don't understand how this is affecting your brainwaves, but if you are turning on CNN and you're watching Chris Cuomo because you think he's going to tell you the truth, that's on you. Like that's your fault for that because how many times do these people need to lie to you before you go, hey, get, hey, I think maybe this guy's a pathological liar. Like he's a compulsive liar. I think Brian Stelter would lie to you about what he had for breakfast because that's who he is and that's how he operates. So like on the one hand, the media is dangerous and they've got all these great tricks and you may be at a disadvantage and not understand how that all works. And I get that. But if you, if you have convinced yourself that Rachel Maddow is telling you that the Russians are going to turn off the power and kill you all, then, then that's on you for, for believing that just open lie that was coming every night, every single night. The Russians are coming to get us. The Russians stole our election. The Russians are listening to you. The Russians want to turn off your power. Like if you fell into that trap, that's you. That's you being a dummy and being gullible and fall, you know, and believing that. So, so it's like, if we're going to get past this, we need to do two things. We need to simultaneously recognize that the media is there to deceive us. And then you need to also take the additional step of not listening to them and not watching them. And, and a lot of people have, cause their ratings are falling off a cliff. And part of it is because Trump isn't there and they just didn't know what to talk about if they weren't talking about how awful Trump was. So, um, so now he's gone and they've got Biden and they're not allowed to say anything awful about him. And they don't have anything good to say because well, frankly, you can't 
And so they don't know what to say. So they don't have anything to say. All they can say is, can you uh, look at what Fox News is doing tonight? And you're like, wait, that your news broadcast is look at what Fox News is doing tonight like that. No wonder nobody's watching you guys. So so it may be. And this is my the, the tiny little bit of optimism in me. It may be that af, as we get through this whole op that we've been living through the last 18 months, it might be that it 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 sours so many pe- people on the mainstream media that their numbers tank so badly that they just become kind of irrelevant. And I and I hope that that's what comes out of this. But um, uh but we but we definitely need people to be take more of an active role in in waking up to what's happening on your nightly news and then also it's kind of our responsibility to let them know where they can go to find real news because it's not on your television set it's going to be somewhere else and i think a lot of people have just been sort of conditioned to think well i'll turn on the tv and then i'll get the news but you've got to get them to break that that habit and that of course is very difficult to do Absolutely. And I'm definitely reminded of the uh, allegory of the cave by Plato when it comes to what society is doing right now with us, you know, and the people that have been casting the shadows are the ones that they believe. But then there's folks like you and I, who was the smallest percentage of the prisoners in that allegory that break out. And then then it's a struggle for us to empathize with why they can't see the truth. This is what's so challenging about the stances that you and I have taken. And what's interesting about your show in particular is I listen to every episode, man. I've been listening to you since I discovered you about a year, about a year ago. Every episode I listen to. Now, what's interesting is I, you and I are two sides of the same coin, right? So you have the, if people are looking for the answers and the truth and the, the path that I tend to stay away from simply because you're doing it way better than I ever could. Uh, But then the other part is, is I want to offer a a different perspective as far as thought experiments go. So rather than uh, if somebody wants to go on the deep, dark, heavy shit that's going on and the truth, I send them to you every single time Uh, for the I'm I'm your football podcast equivalent, right? I'm doing the things that you might do if the if the you know, game was changed a little bit, just simply with more of a lighthearted, uh, you talk about UFOs and things like that, but you're, you're something I want to talk about, but that I don't often. So that's why this um, episode is going to be so special for me personally. Well, I want to talk about UFOs too. So dude, know. we'll, we'll get into it. Cause I've got a bunch okay. of stuff I want to talk to you about. All right, great. So, and, and I, I agree with you that the sheeple, unfortunately, and of course you could relate all of that to that. It's just a personal challenge for you because the world doesn't exist out there. It's just a mirror reflection of what you choose to experience. If you want to go super deep down the rabbit hole of, of all of that. And so therefore all these sheeple are all these people taping masks up over their ACs in their car, which is also a bizarre phenomenon that I have seen. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah. And I was waiting for the, I'm waiting for the CDC butt plugs to come out. Do you think those will be, they're issued? coming. Okay. Good deal. <laughs> they're coming. And it's you got another one did. taped to the back of it. So you and a buddy, you know, um, <laughs> oh. it, it's, it's interesting, man. And, and I'm like you, it's just so obvious. It's so clear, which is why it's so strange. And, and it's interesting that you brought up your mom and that you were talking to her about these different conspiracy theories, and she encouraged you to say, well, what's going to go next? And wow, that's really interesting. My mom and I have very different conversations. In fact, we don't have conversations like that because of previous conversations like that that we have had that have been yeah. incredibly unsuccessful. So, Well, I've uh, had those too, by the way. I've had those with other um, f- family members where I where I brought up 9-11 at Thanksgiving dinner and mm. watched the whole table turn on me. So, so I've done that too. And I, so it's, my mom is, is a bright spot there in, in that she's, she's open to this, but I, but I recognize that it, that in a lot of people's situations, 
those doors are closed, you know, and you want, you, you kind of desperately want to open them, but you know, if it's going to be, if it's going to be a fight, you don't do it. If it's going to be, uh, you know, if you, you, you open yourself up to be, to ridicule, which is, which is really unfortunate because if you could sit them down, you could explain to them these things factually and, and they would realize that there is no reason to try to ridicule you. In fact, the ridicule is quite the opposite. But, but early on, if you're presenting information that they've never heard of, that's not on their nightly news, they make this assumption that, well, if, if this was true, what you're saying, this big important thing about 9-11, if this was true, I would have seen it on my nightly news and I didn't see it on my nightly news. So I just really don't know how true this thing is that you're talking about. It sounds kind of crazy to me. And it's like, okay, yes, it will sound crazy to you because this is the first time you're hearing it. I would like to remind people that just because something sounds crazy doesn't mean it isn't true. And also like, if you think the nightly news is going to give you a full breakdown on what actually happened on 9-11, then you don't understand who the nightly news is. You don't understand that. If you're waiting for disclosure, like, well, well, eventually the, the CNN will tell me that these, that these vaccines are dangerous. No, they won't. No, they won't because they get 60% of their ad revenue from the same pharmaceutical companies that are making them. So they're never going to do that. So it's like this with a lot of people that we're trying to break through to, it's like they have these assumptions in their head that are totally incorrect. I assume that the news would tell me if this was important. I assume that the news would tell me if the vaccines were actually hurting people. I assume that the news would tell me if there was a gigantic event coming my way. Those are incorrect assumptions. Those are assumptions based on the fact that you still think that the nightly news is objective and rational and reasonable and on your side. They're none of those things. Once you understand that, then you stop waiting for validation and vindication from the nightly news. If you're waiting for that, you'll be waiting forever because it's never going to come. So, so it's this weird sort of like, I get it. I understand why like our parents' generation, and not even necessarily always them, but I mean, still our peers as well. I understand why they think that the things that we're talking about are crazy when it's the first time they hear it. I get that. I totally understand that. First time I heard it, it was crazy too. So I don't, I'm not trying to discount that, but, but it, it's like, it's, you almost have to kind of remind them that their relationship with news is totally corrupted. And that you're trying to give them news and they're still stuck on this. My source of news is, is the television. And until you break them from that, they're going to hear nothing but things that contradict with what you're saying. So they're always going to think you're crazy. So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. And I, and I have empathy because I've been there for everybody that's trying to break through to people in their like immediate circle or family and friends and things like that. And have had, and have been unsuccessful. I have too. It's frustrating. And you know, you're only telling these people because you love them and they're important to you and you want them to have the best information. You're not coming from a bad place. And so when someone tells you you're stupid or you're wrong or whatever, and you're coming from a good place, it's a horrible feeling. If you were setting out to deceive them and you were manipulating them and lying to them and they were, and they were having problems, you'd be expecting it. But because you're like, 
no, 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 no. This stuff is actually true and I can prove it to you. And they're like, no, thank you. Not interested. You're like, why are you so, why are you pushing back against this? You don't push back at all against your, against CNN. You just open the door and, and anything they say you'll do. But I come to you with facts and you know me and you trust me and you love me. And I come with all these facts and you want nothing to do with it. Like that's a shitty feeling, you know? So I can understand when people get a bit frustrated and demoralized with this because, um, because we're not unhinged conspiracy theorists. We're very rational, deep thinking people that are coming from a place of wanting to do what's right and what's good and try and fix these things. And, and when we get painted as the exact opposite of that and you're not prepared for it and man it is it's it's easy to be like what's the point you know hmm. you know and i think that kind of psychology can be summed up in one word it's comfort they want comfort in the fact that they agree <clears throat> excuse me that they uh, fit into the tribe that's the most in numbers they want comfort in the fact that they watch the same football games as everybody else and can talk about the same real housewives of whatever around the water cooler at the corporate job that they work at it's it's comfort in just not having to look into things that shake their worldview. It's comfortable to live in a worldview that's been lined out for you, no matter how disingenuous. It's the peek behind the curtain thing that you and I are interested in, that it's a rare personality type, man. It really is. And it was shocking to me how rare it is. It, that's what's so wild about all of this stuff. So um, tell me just a little bit about your podcast, and then we'll we'll jump on to the next... Yeah. Uh, yeah, macroaggressions is I I do two episodes a week. One is an interview and one is a monologue. And I I wasn't going to do the podcast. I I started it in March of 2020, and I I wasn't going to do it. I mean I I, I had thought about it, but I, I I didn't I didn't know. And then I had um I got a, a conversation from Tony Merkel who does a show called The Confessionals, which is like Bigfoot and ghost stories and these really cool things. Yeah. And we're super, we're, we're close. And he was like, you need to do this. Like you, you could, you could fill a, a, a niche here. You could, this, this could be a really great outlet for you. And I was like, wow, well, you know, I mean, he started to talk to me about the, the realities of it and the, the sort of, you know, the business behind it and how it all works and how it, so I was getting that. And then like a day later, I think it might've been just one day later, I was on Facebook. I wasn't even on my page. I was in like the tinfoil hat group page and someone put a post up and I'm not on there often at all. I just happened to be there. And, um, there was a post that somebody put up and I don't even know who it was. And, and the post said, when is Charlie Robinson going to do his own podcast? And I was like, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's universe. Hello. Yep. You know, is this, so I was like, all right, well, that's kind of strange. And then I had maybe uh, two or three days later, certainly it was in the same week, somebody else do something similar to me. And I was like, okay, I've now got it from three different angles talking about this podcast. I think maybe, maybe I should just acknowledge that the universe is speaking to me in some weird way or, or somebody's speaking to me. I don't know. So I said, all right, let's, let's do it. Uh, Tony, help me out with this, you know, show me how to, how to do all this stuff. So I recorded a bunch of episodes in advance and uh, got them all ready and got everything up and running and said, all right, well, we'll just start it in like the first week of March of 2020. 
<laughs> right when lockdown did <laughs> it just perfect. just totally accidentally <laughs> timed it that way and that's when the first episodes came out and you know i mean you, you you're doing this like i'm doing this and it is it's like is anybody listening? Am I talking to myself? I mean, I feel like I'm talking to myself. I, and, and when you do the monologue episodes, you are talking to yourself. And so you, it's this, this line between, I hope somebody hears this and please don't check me into a mental institution because I'm sitting up in this room talking to myself for a, an hour at a time. Um, but it's been really great. You know, it's been, it's been, it's, first of all, it's been amazing to connect with people. The fact that people are listening to it still blows my mind. I'll go on like Chartable and and on Chartable, you type in your your podcast. It'll show you where you rank and it'll show you where you rank in all these different countries. So like, I'm like, you know, people in like Nigeria, I was like number one in night in, no, not Nigeria. I was number one in Pakistan. I was like, That's cool. how is that? How am I number one in Pakistan? <laughs> who is listening to me in Pakistan? Who who's listening to me enough to make me number one in Pakistan in the yeah. government section of of iTunes? It was crazy to me. So, so it's been that's been a trip for me to see that there's an appetite for this outside of the United States. And I and I, obviously I live in the United States. States and I'm, and I keep it somewhat United States centric, but it's not to say I'm not interested in things happening outside of the world. I'm, I'm very much interested in it. And when I can, I try to incorporate that in, but to me, it's just magical that there are people around the world that have the ability to, and the desire to listen to the show and hear about the things that I'm talking about or the people that I'm talking to. And it's been humbling and in it it's it's really sort of energized me uh to to you know it's like if people in, in Pakistan are listening, then it's possible that people everywhere are listening, you know, because so I wasn't expecting that. And it's it's created this uh um just something that I, I really look forward to doing. And I think part of it I get a little I get uh, it's catharsis, you know, for me to get some of this out of my system and talk about it. Even, you know, I feel a little bit better afterwards. And and I know that some people want to fit me for a straight jacket and that's cool. But, um, but I just, I've just have been, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I listened to the universe and Tony, uh, my man who, who, who said, you should do this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, man, you should do this. I think that this is something that will be a good fit for you. And, uh, and I agree and I'm, and I'm, and I'm thankful. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, so if anyone is interested in finding the show, it's available, you know, wherever podcasts are served and also in video format, uh, as soon as I announced that I was going to do it, that the people at, over at, with David Ike um, at Iconic said, we want it. We want the show on our platform. And I was like, great, I'll do a video component of it too. And they're like, perfect. So it's on Iconic, it's on Rockfin, it's on Odyssey, and it's on YouTube as well. Definitely. And of course, I'm going to link the, all that and your books in the show notes as well. So you guys just cool. go down to the description. You can find that immediately. You'll know how this works. You're really good at it. Uh, so what I like, though, about your show is, like I said, I'm a fan, man. Uh, that's why I reached out and contacted you. And that's why this one's so special for me personally. Uh, you um, ring bells in people. It's not geographically specific. What you do is you ring the bell of freedom. You ring the bell of common sense, of questioning in people. What you do is you don't wake up the sheep. You wake up the lions, which is what needs to happen. And so you wake up the people that can wake up other people in their local 
local community, Pakistan, or anywhere else. And so that's why your show does so well, man. You ring those bells, the, the ones that are like, wake the fuck up, people. What are you doing here? Here's how they're lying to you. Here's the information presented perfectly. And you're, you're just uh, personable. You know, you've got that, you've got that je ne sais quoi, right? Is that the right way to say it? And I'm grateful yeah. that Tony, he does a wonderful show. I'm grateful that he talked you into it, as well as those two anonymous people, uh, seemingly anonymous. We call those synchronicities, which you are very aware yes. of. Yep. Yes, yes. I, well, awesome. I've been better at recognizing them too. You know, over time, that's one thing that I've gotten that 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 comes with a little bit of experience is that it's to to not is to first recognize the synchronicities and not be dismissive of them because sometimes and they might not make sense to you, but sometimes you just have to go follow the white rabbit. You know what I mean? You have to go shit. That's the white rabbit. I was just thinking about. Let's see where this thing takes you, you know, because that is a uh, part of and yet another one of the mysteries of, of the universe. So that's something that I, I feel like had this happened years earlier, I might not have been as in tuned in and gone with that intuition, like, okay, let's just go and see where this, where this takes us. So that's something that I think comes from experience. So if there's people out there that are having like, intuitive sort of things happen to them. I think that, I don't know this for a fact, but I, it is my belief that that is sort of some way of giving you a little confirmation that you're on the right track. So keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. The little acorns from the universe. I can't prove this, but I can prove that they work out in my life specifically. And I know when we were, when we had our phone call uh, the other day, I, I had <clears throat> I was explaining to you how I reference you on the show all the time with the conspiracy analyst thing. And you said, right when I said that word, you were looking at a book that said conspiracy analyst. And these are, these yeah. are the fun, fun things about the universe, man. And I love the way this works. It's a damn game. It's just a big game, which is great. Yeah. And then you though have to have your adversaries, which is what you point out on your show is the adversarial um, objections that we come across in our global, whatever the hell this realm is. So uh, what is your favorite conspiracy theory like the one that you enjoy researching and thinking about and telling Ooh. people about oh man well you know i mean the the one that the one that woke me up to everything was 911 of course but it's it's so complicated I like the moon stuff though. Yes. Yes. There you go. I like the moon stuff, you know, and I have a, I I'm named after Charlie Duke, who's one of the astronauts that allegedly walked on the moon. And I've got this painting. I mean, a picture from a picture that's like framed and it's signed by him. May your life be as extraordinary as mine and things like that. And I sometimes look at that and I go, were you bullshitting me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause I, I don't believe that you guys went to the moon. Yeah. I just don't. I think the evidence shows that you didn't. I think there's a lot of lying going on. But what what's interesting about my feelings on that is that I simultaneously contradict myself because I also believe that we have like a secret space program and that mm -hmm. we are doing things on the moon. I just don't think those those Apollo guys went there. I think that was some bullshit. <laughs> but it it's you know, that's one that 
my mom is very open to a lot of the, the, the one, you know, I'll run all these things by her. The moon she is not open to. She has a very emotional connection with it because, you know, they remember watching it on TV and all of this stuff. And, and look, I'm an American too. And so, you, you know, part of America is like, we went to the moon and, and this, and there's a lot of like pride in that. And I look at that stuff now and I go, I feel like this is just a gigantic lie. I feel like you guys lied to us then, you're lying to us now, you're contradicting yourself whenever NASA opens their mouth and they've got, you know, they do these videos and they're talking about the Orion program and they're talking about the dangers of the Van Allen radiation belt. And they say in their video, you know, these are problems that we have to sort out before we go through this. And it's like, oh, no, 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 Kelly Smith at, at NASA. No, 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 no. You, you, you told us you went through it and back 14 times, seven times there and seven times back with human beings in there and that you walked on the moon. You don't get to say, we have to sort this problem of the Van Allen radiation belt out before we send people there after you've been telling us that you've been sending people there. So what is it? Give me an answer. Either you figured it out or you haven't. So, and that's just one in a long line of lies that NASA tells. So it's, it's a shame because as an American and as a human being, I like the idea of us going to the moon. I like the idea of those guys doing that and pulling off this amazing task. I valley parked Buzz Aldrin's car when I worked in Laguna Beach. I mean, I, 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 I had an interest in this stuff. I'm fascinated with it. And so that was one that was the hardest for me to come to, you know, to be honest and objective about because I want all that stuff to be real. I, I want it, but I, but it doesn't matter what I want. And when I look at the, I look at the evidence and I look at how it all was pieced together. I look at who started NASA. I look at where they've gone. I, I, I have questions and I think people, I think people, a lot of people have questions, but it's a perfect working through that sort of thought experiment with the moon and everything is a really good reminder for me of how most people view like COVID or 9-11 or whatever. They don't want to believe a different version of reality. They're comfortable with the version that they've been told for a variety of reasons. They know how to deal with it. They, it, with 9-11, they see that, that, you know, we've identified the enemy and it's them. With COVID, it's, it's you know, we, we've identified the virus. It's, it came from them and we're going to protect you. From, so they're comfortable with that version of reality. And and so when I think about the struggles that these people are having, seeing the truth, I just go back to, to my struggles with having to like process how I felt about the moon landings and things like that. And it's a polarizing topic. A lot of people are like, how dare you question these heroes and everything? It's like, slow down. I can question whatever I want. And I have big questions about, have you ever questioned the moon landing? Have you ever listened to some of the bullshit that they told, tried to pass off as being the truth? I mean, there's some big, big problems here. Have you ever seen the movie, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon? I mean, watch that documentary and then get back to me. There's some fuckery going on uh, at, an, at a high level here. So I, I, that, that one is, you know, you ask which one is my favorite. The moon is, is simultaneously one of my favorites and one of my least favorites because it 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 exposes all of my preconceived ideas and all of my like inherent leanings towards wanting to believe it 
you know, like my confirmation bias that I like, okay, well, I, I mean, I, I want, I'm an American and we went to the moon and I, I want all this to be true. I'm going to just make it true. But, but I've had to, I've had to check myself and, and say, all right, well, if this were actually true, why would they be lying about this? And why would they be lying about that? And why would they be telling you something here that isn't exactly true? Why would they be showing you these CGI videos and everything? Like if we, if we, if we went, why is it when you've got a picture of a guy standing on the moon that you've taken a picture of this guy standing on the moon and the earth is in the background? Why is the earth this big and not this big? You know, like I'm no photographer, and I don't maybe don't understand perspectives perfectly, but you've got the perspective wrong on this. I'm pretty sure of that. So anyway, I just I wind up just having all these questions, and it and it's made me, um, it it's just, it's it's made me have to to rethink everything, and and how and how it's it's forced me to try and take my my ego out of it, you know, especially with like my connection to an astronaut or, 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 or things like that. Like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I was named after somebody who was a Freemason who lied about it, <laughs> who lied about going on the moon because they said, listen, if you don't continue to say this, we will murder you and your entire family and make it look like you did it. Make you look like you just w- went off on a, on a, a bender and killed your entire family and then killed yourself. Got it. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins, why'd they all turn into alcoholics? They were hiding a very, uh, you know, and so it's like, I, I challenge people when people say, well, get out of here with that moon landing stuff. Go, okay, watch the press conference when those three guys came back from the most important event in human history. Why did the three of them look like hostages? They're sitting at that table, jaws clenched, fists, you know, like nobody's smiling. Neil Armstrong looks like he wants to throw up, you know, and I just, I just like, it's, I know it's not science. I know that that take is not scientific or anything. It's just inconsistent with reality. If you had come back from walking on the moon, you're the first people who walked on the moon, you guys would be like you won. It'd be like winning the world series times a million. You would be so happy. They did not look happy. They look like, the best way I can describe it is like the hostages, like that there was a gun behind their head right before they started filming it, you know? So, so all these things have made me kind of re-examine and, you know, it's like, God, if the moon landing's fake, what else is fake? And then that leads you to, and th- then, like you said, you're, you're in a rabbit hole and you're like, you're searching like, you know, life on Mars, <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. So uh, that, that to me would probably be my favorite slash most disappointing topic to discuss. I love that. And then of course, yes, I mean, there's tons to see. And especially with that press conference when they're arguing over if they can remember if they saw stars or not. And they're trying to keep that right. story straight because they didn't really talk about that before the press conference. I'm completely there with you. They look depressed. They look sad. And everybody says, oh, you can't top the high of going to the moon. That's why they were all alcoholics. Or they were fucking lying. And that's why. And they felt bad about it because they were true Americans. And they had to do this thing, like you said, with a gun to their head. That's that's exactly the feeling that I got off of it as well. And then, of course, you want to look at the spe- secret space program. I love that kind of shit, man. Michael Sala, I just had Brad Olson on. We talked about it. His book, uh, Beyond Esoteric, he talks about that. Uh, and then I, I love the secret space stuff. I love... Um, forget his name, Alan, uh, Alex Coyer. Uh, and he does the, uh, 
hollow moon stuff. I love that concept, you know, that it's oh, a, a ship brought here from somewhere else. And then yeah. you referenced Chinese writings that were 5,000 years old that talked about when the moon got here, not that the moon's always been here. It's yeah. fascinating. I love that kind of shit. I've got a book called Who Built the Moon by yes. Alan Butler. Um, you've got it too? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I've got his yeah. other book, Intervention, about time travel. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Book, I mean, yeah. and you've got David Icke talking about Credo Mutwa, talking about the time before the moon. Like, okay, you got me. You got me at before the moon. Tell me about this. I'm interested. You know, so some of this stuff, some of this stuff I I like and I've written about. Some of this stuff I like and I'm in no position to write about. I just like it. I just find it interesting. I don't know anything about the hollow moon. I don't know anything about the idea of of a of a hollow earth, but I'm 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 fascinated by it. So some so it's like I I you know, I, I, I write about the things that I can write about or the things that I can prove or the things that I have a, a deep understanding about, but it's not to say that I'm not into the other stuff as well. I'm, I might even, I mean, I, I can geek out all night long on Antarctica, believe me, but do I know enough about it? I don't, I don't know enough. I, you know, I've, I don't have the experience. Or I don't have any sort of thing to contribute to it, but I'm watching it, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, and it's like uh, David Weiss, of course, you know, um, you and I have a mutual friend in him. I had a show with him where we talked about Flat Earth. You guys just did a Union of the Unwanted show, which I also want to talk to you about Union of the Unwanted in just a minute. Uh, and it was a great episode. And so then it kind of, whenever you wrap your mind around the possibility of that concept. So the way that I kind of look at it, and somebody asked me the other day, so is the Earth round or flat? And I said, yes. And they yeah. don't understand that mentality, you know, because if you think about if you really go down the rabbit hole deep enough, you can kind of be led to the conclusion or the idea that uh, we're just in a damn simulation, man. And if that's the case, think about a video game where you can travel through space or where you can walk around on the ground or on a planet, right? Well, then the video game only needs to be a sphere whenever you're shooting off of it to go to space. So maybe for those people for that time, that's what the reality is because that's the way the game renders the place that you just left. But when you're walking around on it, it's a flat plane in any direction as far as the eye can see. And so maybe that's what this reality is constructed in. Again, it's these thought experiments that I enjoy as well, just like you. Uh, yeah. And so I, I dig on the fact that that, and so if the moon is fake or came here later, that would explain why we don't need it to progenerate all the life that happens on earth as far as tides go and things like that. You know, we're told that that affects the tides. Well, if the moon wasn't here forever, then that would negate the fact that it affects our tides or that maybe even we live on a round planet at all. Yeah. I love these ideas, man. This is, those are fun. Me, me too. And I don't expect to have the answers and I don't know, you know, like when I've had, when I've done shows with, with David Weiss and Jaron from Jaronism, I, I kind of joke that what I learned, what I, what I remembered during our conversations was how little I knew about from geometry class, you know, they're like, well, if you calculate the angle and it drops this much and this, this, you know, squared is, I'm like, okay, if you say so, you know, because I, I realized I forgot all that stuff, but it, it's fun to, to think about it. And, and I'm, and I'm of the, you know, listen, I've done enough ayahuasca and mushrooms and things like that to realize that there is a world beyond your eyes. And there is a, you know, if you get so hung up in the fact that, well, I'll believe it when I see it, that sort of mentality, then you're going to be severely limiting yourself because there are a lot of things that are outside of our perception. There's a lot of things that we just can't little, you know, can't understand with our little caveman brains. But, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not totally interested in trying to figure it out anyway. I don't have the expectation that I'm going to solve this puzzle, but, but I'm definitely, 
I'm definitely not going to solve the puzzle if I'm not looking. So I'm going to start looking and I'm going, and I might not have the expectation that I'm going to figure everything out, but I have the expectation that I'm going to try to, to figure out as much of this as I can. And it comes back, it goes back to this, this quote that I put in the octopus book. It is my, I put 700 quotes in there from 500 different people that had some unique, uh, either they were involved in the most important, uh, you know, some most important events in, in our history, or they had an interesting take on them things like that. And it, it goes back to this, this one quote that I have, and I put it right in the, in the introduction to the book. And it's from Stephen Bassett who's the executive director of Paradigm Research Group, which is a UFO group mostly. And uh, he talks about the big jigsaw puzzle. And he said that when you're born in this world, you get, you come into this world that you're handed a box with this, with all the pieces of this big jigsaw puzzle, 10,000 piece puzzle. And you're given this box and your mission in life is to put this puzzle together. And if you do that, it will be a picture of the world as it actually is. And so you set about to do that. It's all good. You start trying to put these pieces together, except there's a problem. Seems that the government that you're living under has made a decision to interfere with this truth process. And they've taken a bunch of the pieces out of your box and have thrown them away. But then it gets worse. They've taken pieces from somebody else's box and they've put them in your box and you don't know that. And you go out about your life trying to put this puzzle together never understanding that some of the pieces are not going to fit. And he said, it's an almost, it's an almost impossible situation for you, but it is extremely effective to serve the state. And that really stuck with me because I thought that's exactly what we're doing, right? We're trying to put this puzzle together and we've got this assumption that we're going to either have all the pieces, like we've got the pieces and if only we can just put them together, it'll all make sense. But it's like, I need you. I need your pieces. I need you to come over with your pieces and I might have some pieces to your puzzle. And so it's like, I feel like we kind of all need to get to like, you bring your pieces. I'll bring mine. That guy brings his, you know, we'll try and see what we can get to fit here. And, um, that's kind of where we are. I mean, that's how I feel like where we are, we're, we're, we're trying to sort these things out. We have to kind of understand that, because of this process that the governments and the media have, have participated in, we may be led to believe that we have all the pieces when we really don't. And that, that makes things difficult. So like, as we get into, as a prime example of this, we get into disclosure recently, right? On our nightly news. And they're talking to us about aliens and they're talking to us about UFOs and everyone's like, Oh my God, can you believe it's on the nightly news? And it's like, I, you're right. I can't believe it's on the nightly news because I know what the nightly news is. And I know I recognize an operation when I see one and that's what I'm, I'm seeing here. So, um, and, and I've got you, <laughs> I've got UFOs on the brain because this week I've been doing, I did like a, I did a show with Bruce Fenton, who's uh, like ancient aliens. He's like, you'll see him on ancient alien show and things like that. And a bunch of guys, and we were talking about UFOs and we were talking about how laughable it is that to the stars Academy with their 100 years of CIA experience sitting on their board of directors, that they're going to be the ones in charge of disclosure. It's like, come on, stop it. This is, this is insulting. So we've been getting a good laugh out of that because we all want disclosure, but we don't want it on 60 minutes with CIA guys involved. You know, it just seems fake. So, so here we are once again with our, 
our box with the puzzle pieces and you turn on the nightly news and they're trying to give you more pieces, but you know, they're for a wrong puzzle, you know? <laughs> so that's what I just think about whenever I see that on TV. You know, and I've had Stephen Bassett on the show, actually. We differ in opinion on what disclosure will look like and what it, actually what aliens are in general. He's a very hardline, and I respect him highly. He's done phenomenal work. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a very yeah, hardline. He's line. not very uh, uh, malleable. Uh, that's a great way to put it. Um, and he is very like, UFOs are from other uh, planets, and that's it. I mean, that's where we start. You know, he's been doing this work for 24 years, and that's that's kind of where you start is with the nuts and bolts stuff. But then you, it leads you ultimately to interdimensionals, uh, future humans coming back in time machines is not off the table. It, it's a wide variety of things that we definitely don't know what it is. Now, I did want to ask you about disclosure. So I think you and I have the same feeling about it, just based on what you just said. I think it is definitely a psyop. I think everything coming out of the news media's mouth is a psyop. I have been living, I had Tom Barnett on, and we were talking about the idea of that reality is actually an inversion. So everything that they tell you in the official narrative, do the opposite of it. His example was, of course, that the news is telling you to wear a mask, social distance, don't go outside, uh, keep eating shitty food, do the complete opposite of that. Uh, and you'll be just fine. Take this jab thing, whatever, don't do it, and you'll be just fine. Uh, it, it is an interesting correlation. And of course, UFO disclosure is not off the table. Back to what you said about how NASA was established, of course, with Von Braun coming over in Project Paperclip, which arguably the Nazis didn't lose, Germany did. And the Nazis and the Fourth Reich is what we're experiencing now. So knowing what we know about Von Braun and how the fuckery about how that started and what that dude was, on his deathbed, he had those deathbed confessionals. Did you... Are you yes. privy to those? Okay, yeah. yeah. So for the audience's sake, though, it was three different things mainly. I think one was a pandemic, I, I want to say. Uh, the other one was an asteroid. The other one was terrorists. And the other one was a f faked alien invasion, which would be their final card is what Von Braun said. But this was back in the 70s. I'm sure the plan is uh, molded a bit. So what do you think... Uh, what do you think their next move on this is? Do you think it's just to establish the fact that there's a threat? Or do you think that they'll go so far as to do some Project Bluebeam shit and have some holograms and explosions and cities blow up? Yeah, it's it's a really great question. And I don't know for sure what they'll do. But I do agree that, you know, look, whatever, whatever they're telling you. And, and so full disclosure, I believe in aliens. I believe in UFOs. I believe there's a whole lot of crazy stuff going on out there that we don't know about. So I'm interested in that and I'm open to that. And I don't, I've never seen one and I don't have experience. And so I, I don't, I'm not in, in that camp of like experiencers, but I, I can, I can say there's been so much evidence for so long that there's something going on that I believe there's something going on. So I want disclosure, but I don't want it on the nightly news in that method. So I don't believe anything that they're saying, not because I don't believe there's UFOs and aliens, but just because I don't, I don't trust the source. So I think that what they'll do is get, you know, they're obviously getting us prepped for this. They're, they're getting us to start thinking about this. My guess is that it's more about creating a new external threat. We always have to have an external threat. And it typically helps if it's an invisible enemy, like terrorism, terrorists that are, well, terrorism, it's a concept. You know, the enemy is a concept. Uh, and the, the perpetrators are terrorists that are going to get you. They're around every corner, even though you're seven times more likely to die in the United States from a vending machine falling and killing you than you are to die from a terrorist in America. So 
I love that. You said that on your show several times. I laugh my ass off every time. It, it, it is, it's a great yeah, it, statistic. It is, it is statistically <laughs> almost impossible to die from a terrorist in, in the United States. So so there's that. And then we see the invisible virus threat. It's going to kill us. It's going to get us. And so when I see the alien threat, I just go, it sounds like another one of those invisible enemies that's coming to get us. And if only we had more tax revenue and we had more money for the military, we could solve this problem. You know, So I see that set up. And I, and I understand why... The media would want to talk about this because it'd be great for ratings. I understand why the military industrial complex would want to propagate this, even if it wasn't true, because there's more, they can justify more money. Uh, the government is always on board with things like this, because if we can scare the public, then we can get them to do what we want them to do. We can take away their rights in the form of, you know, uh, promising them security and things. So, I understand why all of these different aspects would want to start talking about this. But it is, as Von Braun said, the final card, because it's hard to go anywhere other than this. And Obama even came out and said it a couple of days ago. He says, oh, I can see a whole bunch of religions spr sprouting off from this. And it's like, yeah, I bet you can, you manipulator, you, you, you psychological op walking version of a psychological operation, Barack Obama. Of course, you could see religion sprouting off of this. What better way to control a brand new segment of society than to get them start, you know, marry this with the religious aspect of it. So I have I have questions. <laughs> I have questions. I have fears. I'm 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 fast. You know, I've got my popcorn and I'm watching this disclosure uh, happen with Lou Elizondo, who is you, maybe the I don't know, in my opinion, maybe one of the least believable people that I've ever seen on television. I mean, he is talk about a guy that goes on television and says a lot of words, but doesn't say anything. I mean, he he's good at talking and not saying anything. Like and an that's operative. a CIA trick. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I, I I've I'm I'm I I, I don't believe you know, I mean, the, the Tic Tac video and, and the, the, all that stuff, I've seen better videos than that. I mean, that if we want to, if we want to talk about disclosure and things of that nature, I'm going to need to see better. I'm going to need to see something better than grainy, you know, uh, footage from the Navy. I'd like for the, it to be using a camera that wasn't built in like the 1970s. That would be helpful. Uh, there, uh, and, and maybe not, night vision uh as well because that's really pixelated and, and kind of shit you've got the technology you've got the camera footage technology okay actually here here's my here's here's my uh, compromise i will believe i will start to believe this disclosure uh process if they disclose our stuff first i want to see the tr3bs i want to see them You've got them. I know you're making them. We know Skunk Works was working on them. We know Boeing was working on them. We know they exist. You want to you get honest. You want to tell us that you're going to be honest with us about disclosure. You tell us tomorrow afternoon at noon, we're going to fly a fleet of TR-3Bs over the Capitol and we're going to land them uh, at an Air Force base in front of the press and we're going to have you guys and we're going to give you a tour of them. Mm -hmm. You want to do that? Now we'll talk. If you want to show me grainy TikTok footage, 
you can save it. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in it coming from the CIA or coming and coming to me through the mainstream media and all of that. Those are channels that are totally discredited. They have no, they, you know, but, but if you're going to, if you're going to try that on the nightly news and you're going to say, well, we want to, you know, here's the, here's the proof then show, show us the reverse engineered stuff. Show us, show us the technology that you've got, because see, I've, I've been out in public and had a, stealth bomber fly over my car. And I knew what it was because I know what a stealth bomber is. But if I didn't, if that had been 1985 and that had happened, man, I would have been totally convinced I saw a UFO. I mean, a hundred, I mean, it was broad daylight too. It went right over. It was like black and it looks like a boomerang and it's giant and it's banking and it's landing in, in at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. It was right over, two of them actually, one right after another. So I got a really good look. And and so, you know, we we see that. I think part of it is is disclosure that they're going to have to disclose some of the new, sh- you know, some of the new planes that we have. And this is a great way to... Uh, you know, to do it. So, so to me, I need, I need to see some of the, some of our craft that have been based off of them. And after that, then I feel like we, we could talk, but, but, but they, it's their responsibility to give us some proof. If they're going to try and sell us on this narrative, I'm going to need more than just grainy uh, video. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of the moon landing, right? Because they didn't shoot the, the actual feed. They shot a picture of the camera right they shot a picture a camera on a screen with the feed on it so it's kind of a shitty grainy thing yeah i think that people believe in it or want to believe in it because of the camera that it was shot through because it has official government military ties to it not the guy in his backyard or the people that filmed the phoenix lights you know back in 97 those those people and there's some great footage of ufos out there they just weren't shot and processed through a government camera, which is why people want to say it's more valid. But that, in my mind, doesn't hold water just like yours. And I think that they're not going to tell us if they have reverse engineered craft until they can use, because that that blows the opportunity of them being able to take more of our liberties and to round us up into these smart cities, get us out of the country. And it that's where they want to go with this thing. I mean, inevitably, right? They want, of course, more control. That's why they're telling us that. So and the big thing that I mainly want to talk to the listeners about, especially, is that whenever they come out and say, you know, these UFOs are a threat or they've been blowing up buildings, it's not the UFOs. Aliens have been here, or extraterrestrials, extratempestrials, inner earth, whatever you want to call them. They've been here since before humanity. Some arguments, and people would say that they actually created humanity based off of a indigenous life form that was already here. And if you want to go down that train, that's a we don't have time to unpack that today, Charlie. But uh, we definitely know that it is going to be couched as a threat. I and you know this simply because of Luis Elizondo, of the Nimitz element to it, of all the cameras that you are seeing are from military officials. They are very military on how they're presenting this information. They didn't march one philosopher, not one UFO researcher, no one like that up on that 60 Minutes interview. It was all, it was Marco Rubio talking about how they were a threat and how we should be scared. And then it was all the people in the military. So again, it's got this military vibe to it. Like they're the only ones that can handle or interact with this thing. So aliens are not going to take us out. If they wanted to, they would have done it a long time ago. Any attack that comes from anything told to us by our government is going to be a secret military project. And this is why I don't think we'll get the TR-3Bs. Or if we do, they'll be flying over blown up cities. And then later on, they'll say, oh, when one of those crashed, we you know, were able to back engineer it. But we haven't had anything like that until then, which we know is a, is a bullshit, man. There's a patent out there for the TR-3B that anybody that's not watching the news can go find, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it will be sold to us as a threat. Uh, it, as, as everything is right to keep us scared and, and fearful and dependent on mommy government to, to tell us what to, to do. Uh, so it, it, if it comes to you in the form of a threat like that, that you just know, okay, well, this is part of the operation. We, that, uh, how would we know that if, if we didn't, it's not like we're psychic. We just understand how they, how they think and how they operate and what they, what the agenda is and what they need to do and the reaction they're looking for. They're looking for fear. They're not looking at like, isn't this great? We made contact and maybe these things will help us out. And isn't it going to be great? It's always like, we don't know where they're coming from. They're breaching our airspace. We have to be content. We don't know if they're, we know they're not ours. We don't know whose they are, you know, fear, fear, fear. They're coming to get us and have everyone go, Oh no. Oh no. Well, that's one way to look at it, <laughs> but, but there could be other ways to look at it. So it's just disingenuous when, when the media in conjunction with the military comes out and tells you about, they're going to be the big disclosure of this. And, and it's going to be, you have to be terrified and they're coming to get, no, I'm not trying to, for all I know, we should be terrified, but I, but I'm with you. Like we've been here for a while. They've been here for a while. They know where we are. If they wanted to take us out, they could take us out. And, you know, what bothers me is, is when guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson go on Rogan and he's such a disinformation agent too. And I used to, I used to think the guy was kind of like the fun scientist. He kind of made science fun. And then I realized, no, 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 this guy is just a propagandist when he's saying, what, you, Joe, what, what, why would, why would they ever come here to study us? I mean, I mean, why would they ever come here? We're insignificant. It's like, well, well, Neil, with your science brain that you use, what about all the scientists that live here on earth that study ants and elephants and trees and bug and all these things? We study all kinds of things. We're not having conversation with the ants. We're still interested in them. So even if they can't interact with us, you think that they wouldn't be interested in figuring out what we're doing? Of course they would be. And for him to come out and say they would have no interest in us is a lie mm-hmm. by, a, by a liar. Yep. And so it makes me think like, well, why is he saying that? Because he knows that's not true. Yet he's saying it on, on one of the, on the biggest podcast in the world that he has access to. And, and so it makes me think like, I feel like just disinformation agents are out there all the time. And I'm not normally like super paranoid that like everyone's out trying to get us and everything. But I feel like things like that are, are, are operations, you know, because it, it, because it, it, it's inconsistent with, with reality. Of course, they would want to study us. We're interesting. We study us. We study things that are, that have no real significance to us, like how ant colonies work and everything. Why do we study it? Because they're doing something interesting and we, we want to know why and, and how and what. And, and there's some guy whose job is to study the ant colonies. You don't think there's some alien whose job is like, all right, bleep bloop, you go out to this region of the galaxy and your job is to, is to work on this solar system and see if anything's going on over there. And then they go and they say, not much in, in a lot of these places, but this one planet's got all kinds of crazy shit going on there. You guys want to come and watch? Come watch. And and so I think that's totally reasonable. I mean, I think I'm, obviously we're running this through our human brains and coming up with these ideas, but but still, I mean, it, it, if if they're a living thing, it w- it stands to reason that they might have an interest in us. Also, by the way, 
it might not be that big of a deal to them. They may have been at all kinds of different planets and have been seeing this stuff for a long, long time. And so they see us and we're just another place that's doing weird stuff. And we've got more water than most planets. That's kind of cool. It changes things up. And they're just sitting there, maybe on the moon, maybe inside the earth, just taking notes saying, yep, this is what they do. This is what they do. And, and, and some of these people we communicate with and, you know, we get the stories of, of Eisenhower doing treaties. And like, I don't know if any of that stuff is true. It sounds crazy. It sounds fascinating, but like, you know, we, 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 there's a, there's a lot to unpack for, for the, for the UFO agenda and the, in the conversation and for it to happen during like a, like a six minute segment on, on the nightly news just seems like such a, uh, an out of place, uh, location to have the discussion. And of course it's because they don't really want to have the discussion. They just want, they're setting you up for some narrative. So it, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, and, and I also am, I'm as fascinated with the story as I am with the watching the people as they process the story too, oh, that's you know, been to so see much like fun. Yeah. who's falling for it, who's in it. Yep. It's been a blast, man. And I tend to think like you, um, that they're just studying us, you know, and the abduction phenomena might be just the way that we do to whales in the wild where we tag them and send them back out or bears or any other type of wildlife that we want to study as well. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a taking an interaction. We do some experiments on them and then we set them free. And that's kind of what it is. And some don't come back, you know, just like the real abduction phenomena, but I don't think it's as big of a threat. I mean, if they wanted to end everything, it'd be a flip of a switch and every, all life here would be gone. So I've got a really fascinating story that happened to me. Now it, it it didn't it didn't happen to me, but the people that were telling me the story were uh, I was married before it was my wife's uh, aunt and uncle, my ex-wife's aunt and uncle through marriage. So they weren't technically blood related, but it's a long story. But anyway, they they were they came to our house and and uh, they're they were. Uh, driving through on their way somewhere else. So they came to our house and stayed for the night and uh, we got takeout and and they went to the wine store and they were like, we're going to buy you guys a bunch of wine. You need wine for your new house. And we're like, okay. So they bought a bunch of wine. We started drinking the wine and, and eating dinner. And as the night went on, they, they told this story. Now I knew the, the wife had, um, I knew that she had an interest in, UFOs and things like that. And I knew that she had a, a very interesting relationship with, with that sort of stuff. And, and, and just as a setup, both of them are like, have MBAs. They're like well-educated, really wealthy, working hard, like smart, logical, buttoned up kind of people. And so when they're, so she's telling me the story, I kind of expect it. The husband though, I, I, I'm not expecting to hear anything other than like, you know, like eye rolling from this, this guy. So she starts ta- saying that like, as kids, they had been, they'd had UFO experiences their whole life. She and her sisters, and she said, they've been following us forever. We've had experiences and, and things like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just, I'm open. I'm listening. I'm, I'm hearing you. And she said, you know, like, you know, she's like, a, you wake up, wake up in the middle of the night and there's a gray at the foot of your bed. And I'm like, okay, go with this. And and she's like, and this is, this has happened to me before. And this is, you know, I, I assume it will happen again. It's, it's almost like they're sort of 
tracking us, our family, the way we do with cattle or whales or whatever, you know? And so when you mentioned this, it, it kind of made me think, and I was like, okay, so I'm going with it. And I'm, I'm you know, I believe, I believe her to an extent, you know, but I, I'm, I'm not there. But then the husband says, yeah. And I woke up and the things at the foot of the bed and it touches my foot and sends like a, a shockwave through my entire body where I'm frozen. And he goes, and I feel like I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm, I think, oh my God, this thing is, is going to give me a heart attack. And I'm like, wait, you, you saw it too. He's like, he's like, it touched me. And I was like, okay. So like now we're like, all of a sudden I was like, and they, I remember they went, went like one of them went to the bathroom. One of them did something. I was like, are you believing this shit? Holy, you know, like we were like really freaked out and the part that, that made it real to me. And, and, and to be clear, it, it's a secondhand story. It didn't happen to me. It happened to them and they're telling me, so you can add in your discount to, to however you want to calculate that. But, but his story was what got me because this is a guy that is not like, if you looked up rich white devil, it would be like a picture of this guy, you know, like, like not the airy fairy type of guy who's like, yeah, man, aliens are all love or anything. This is like hedge fund looking guy. Who's like, I'm telling you right now, I was terrified and I thought I was going to die and I had never seen anything like this. She has these experiences from time to time. It's not a big deal. It was a big deal to me. I thought I was dying. And I'm like, holy shit. I remember the next day we were like, we, I remember the next day we, my ex-wife and I, we were moving from moving this one con, we were taking furniture on the whole day. We were, I was like midway through, I just go, I'm still thinking about last night, that conversation. She's like, me too. I can't get it out of my head. So, so what are we supposed to make of that? You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't there. I believe them because I have no reason not to believe them, but it's a crazy story. And so if that's happening and there, and, and she is of the belief that they're somehow being kind of tagged and followed throughout the course of their life. Okay. Well then they are doing the things to us that we do to other animals. And that is maybe what you do when you're an intelligent, more intelligent than the species beneath you, you study them to try and make sense of it. I don't know. But, um, so when I have a, a situation like that, it leads me to believe that, okay, well, it hasn't happened to me. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a craft. I haven't been touched in my foot in the middle of the night by one of these things. So it's very easy for me to say it's all not real, but I don't know that it's all not real, you know? So, and, and the people that, that are having those experiences are adamant. They're not, they're not asking you to consider that maybe it's real. They're telling you, that guy is telling me it's real. You know, he's telling me it happened to me. It's as real as real gets. And so, fuck, what do you do with that? What do you do with that information? I just put it in my head. And then 15 years later, you know, you wind up at the the Lou Elizondo thing. And I start going, well, all right. I do know that, that this these people that I know are saying that those things are real. So it could be that the, the ships that they're showing on the TikTok video and all this are actual alien craft because I do know about this other component here, but maybe it's, maybe they could be right 
and Lou Elizondo and those guys could be lying, you know, and, and that's, so that's what I think is happening. And, and so it's like, on the one hand, I don't discount that there are craft. I just don't think that those guys are the ones that are going to tell me the truth about it. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of industry. And, and, um, you know, so, so like when you're talking to Stephen Bassett and he's convinced that they're aliens and that they come from a different planet and everything. Okay. I hear you. Uh, but, but do we know that those, those grays aren't like programmable clone blobs or something? You know what I mean? Like, is it military? It could, it could still be, you know, the story of the thing touching him and giving him a, almost a heart attack could be real. It could be true. And it could be not alien too. It could be some sort of other thing. So it's like, I don't even, I don't even pretend to know the answer to that, except that um, I just have to put the same filter on it that I put with everything else. It, it, it's a matter of who is delivering the message. And when the message comes from the mainstream media and the government and the corporate uh, or um, the CIA or guys that used to be in the CIA, I just, I just, I put that in a category where I just am not going to be so quick to, to just instantly believe it. But when I've got like firsthand accounts, and of course you, you probably have, have either read about or talked to some people that have had firsthand accounts with these things, try telling them that it's all in their head. You know, they will, they, they are very adamant that they know what they saw and they saw what they saw. They might not be able to explain it, but they're not going to be called stupid. They're not going to be called uh, pathological liars or scammers or anything like that. The people that were sitting in front of me at dinner had absolutely no reason to tell me this, to, to lie to me about the story. They had every reason to never tell me this story because they know all it does is make me look at them and go, they're the UFO people now. And so, you know, and when you're working in like a corporate world, like they are, there's zero incentive to bring that up because you, then you, you're dealing with clients and people like that, that maybe don't want to deal with you. They think you're a little unhinged. So it's like, we're in a real weird state where there's no incentive for people to be truthful about this because they know it comes with a certain amount of ridicule and a stigma and things like that. And yet still knowing that people feel compelled to tell you what they saw. And, and, and I want to be crystal clear. I do know that there's a segment of the population that's delusional and making things up. I, I, I know that for sure. I know that, but, but I'm not going to say that everybody is. And so it is, it's a, uh, you know, could you imagine what that would do? What would that do to you? Like if you had this experience, let's say since, since when we talked last week and today, you had an experience that you just, you cannot explain. And you know that if you tell someone about it, they're, you're never going to be able to describe it the way that it happened to you. You know that, that, that they're never going to feel the way about it that you feel about it. And you know that there's going to be part of them that's going to think that you're a little bit crazy. So it's like, why, you know, do you, do you, do you tell me the story? You know, do we have the conversation or do you just say, I can't do it, man. Everyone will think I'm nuts. So it's, a, so I feel bad for those people that are actual experiencers that have to go through life feeling like they've got a secret that is true, true to them at least. And they can't talk about it for feel for fear of ridicule. What a, what a weird spot to be in. It is a weird spot. And what, the way that you described it makes me think of any psychedelic experience that I've had. 
uh, yes. trying to explain that to somebody. You can't explain the breadth of it. You can't explain what you experienced. And if you did, you tried to, you'd sound crazy and you'd fall short. And so it's it's very similar in the way of how you would describe something like that. If you're asking if it would happen to me personally, I would not shut up about it. I mean, because I'm like you, I, I've talked to a lot of people. That's my main theme of the show. And I've talked to a ton of people um, that, have, that have had experiences, have written books on it, have opinions on it, have their own experiences that you can't tell them, like you said, are not accurate. And and it's not my place to do that, just like you. And that's what this show is all about. I'm not I'm not here to tell anybody they're full of shit or to prove myself right. We're just talking about the ideas. That's my favorite part about this show. I don't take a stance because I don't have to, and it's great. It's allowed me the opportunity to have some incredible conversations with some amazing people. And so for these people though, it is very, very, very real. And the differences in the near death experiences that I've that I've heard people talk about, um, I've had one lady on that had five near death experiences. All of them were different. I've had people on that have had UFO experiences or entity experiences where they were abducted, taken up into a ship, but their body wasn't. So their body stayed and their etheric body is what they took, their energy structure, which is fascinating, which also explains how they can phase through walls and be pulled through walls and roofs and stuff because it's not a physical thing that they're taking. It's your astral body that they're borrowing for a little bit and tuning up and whatever. And then when they're shot back in their regular body, something that you know, had been ailing them for a long time was gone. It, it's almost, it's weird. It's almost like, let's say that we abduct an owl or something and it's got a little thorn in its paw and it's been messing with that for a while or it's wing or something like that. We remove the thorn while we're in there doing our studies and then send him back. He's going to be like, damn, this is cool. I just got abducted by these aliens from my perspective. And then they fixed my, my thorn in my wing. You know, I've had this forever. Mm-hmm. So um, the experiential part of it is what's so fascinating, man, because then I mean, you, and then of course it leads you all the way down to the rabbit hole that, I mean, shit, it's probably happening all around us all the time. They're probably not physical beings. They're able to kind of phase into our third dimension reality every now and then. And these kind of things fascinate the hell out of me, man, just like you. I love it. And what's even more interesting is the type of gentleman and the occupation that you were talking about that had that experience. You, you have to also think about just to what you said that he had no reason, number one, to tell you that in the first place, number two, to lie to you about it. Think about all the people like that, that have had experiences like that, that we will never hear from. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot I would imagine. I mean, if you're, if you're working in a stuffy job, you, you can, you can, let's say you work your whole life to build up your reputation and advance up your career. And that's your thing. And you want to be the senior vice president of marketing and you are, and you're so excited about that. Man, you have one of those experiences. You tell you'll you tell somebody at the Christmas party that you once got abducted and you don't you can't explain it and you don't know what happened. Like then in some subconscious way, people might question your judgment or your your honesty or something like that. Not everybody. Like I to me, I'd be like, cool, like that's a guy I want to talk to. It'd have the exact opposite effect on me. I'd be like, that's my dude that I wanna, I wanna, I wanna work on his division and his team because this is a guy that I know is going to at least be open to to the reality that the world is not exactly as we as we believe it. And there could be other things out there. But that could be viewed. And depending on what line of work you're in, that could be viewed as a liability for a lot of people. So they'll keep quiet about it or their friends. I mean, look, we have a hard time just bringing up 9-11 and 9-11 is something that has actually happened and we can see it and we can watch videos. And because we have a different perspective on that, we've seen what's happened, what can happen when you you bring up 9-11 in front of the wrong people. And that's something that is you, that you can sort of discuss. Then when, if you talk about aliens and things like that, 
you know, and so, so my question or, or my sort of my thought on that is that like, why is that? Why is it that aliens are off limits? Why is it that UFOs are off limits? They're just, it's like instantly you're branded with the, oh, that guy's crazy thing. And I would, I would suggest that that is not accidental, that that, that was, does it was designed that way to make it look like it's kid stuff or it's just for movies or things like that as a way of, of keeping people away from it. You know, they, they, they've tried very hard to make everybody that talks about aliens sound crazy. Yes. And, and, and some people that talk about aliens probably are crazy, yep. but not everybody. And, and so I think that, that the, the interest in the setup to discredit people simply for having like just having an interest in wanting to know more about the possibility that maybe aliens are there. They've even made those people feel stupid. So it seems like, like if I put on my little conspiratorial hat and look at this, it's like, that feels like what they're doing is they're trying to keep as many people away from that topic as possible through the, the, the threat of humiliation and ridicule. And that to me would be exactly what you would do if you were trying to keep people away from the truth. Absolutely. It's the inversion of reality thing, right? right? What they tell you not to look at is what you need to look at. And there actually is some science behind this psychologically. They used to say back in the day, when you think of back in the day, whenever you heard before it became something that was real in your mind uh, or even possible, what was the idea of somebody that you had, the character caricature of the individual that they would brand as a person that's been abducted by UFOs, right? It's a class system thing. They, yes. they do this based on, oh, you're just a backwoods red neck that got probed, you know, and you're uh, because you got scooped up off of your property because you live out in the woods, you know, and you live out in land and whatever, and you're just lower than it's this blue collar yes. redneck hillbilly type of a thing that they've been branded as. And I think that that's definitely switched, man. I think that now, especially with the conversations, even however disingenuous they are in the media, at least people are now open to the concept. At least now more guys like that are coming out and talking about it. But it has been a class system association thing. Only these hillbillies get abducted. So if you got abducted you must be part of that therefore you're not in our club and it's this whole comfort thing it's it's breaking people's comfort zone i think yep um, yeah it's true i saw a fire in the sky uh, back in 1993 i saw it in the movie theaters with travis walton and everything and it's four guys out in the truck and they're driving they're logging and they're doing all this stuff and then it happens and this is you know and and i never even really thought of it that way but you're right it that's exactly that's exactly right it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a class uh, system. It's, it's those, those people out there. Well, but of course it's those people that are going to see, if you're trying to not Thank be you. found <laughs> and you're trying to sneak around, you don't fly over New York city. Thank Though you. that happened in LA with the battle of LA and the, in the white the, house in 51 yeah. the white house and or all that stuff. Capital. So it, it has happened from time to time, but it's like, you know, people are like, well, what do you need to see the uh, a UFO land on the, on the white house lawn? Like, yeah, It'd be cool. that would be helpful. Why yeah. not? Let's yeah. have that. Let's let's do it all kinds of ways. But that would be one way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And they we said, well, they they did apparently fly over. We've got the Admiral Byrd story, which is fascinating to me. You know, so um, I, I'm I'm up. For, I'm I'm interested to see where it all goes in the next couple of years. But I, you know, so I, because I like the topic, it's a fun topic. It's got. Uh, 
it's got everything you need. It's got science fiction uh, component to it. It's got geopolitical, it's got military, it's got spiritual, it's got psychedelics. I mean, like everything, you know, you could, however you want to come out the alien UFO topic, uh, depending on what you're into. If you're some hardcore, you know, right leaning Republican, we got to defend our territory at all. Fine. Come at it from that angle. But there's a there's a million different ways you can look at it. And uh, I'm interested to see which one of those they they use. My guess is they're going to come from a national security uh, standpoint where they say we have to be scared because we don't know what they are. And if we don't know what they are and they're in our airspace, then then they could do anything they want to us. And if they can do anything they want to us, then we need to defend ourselves. And so my guess is that they'll go that way. But 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 there's a there's a couple different angles you can you can take. So we'll, we'll have to check in. We we'll have to check in with each other periodically and see and see how we where we where we see this uh, narrative going. It seems to be going one direction, but we'll see if it stays that way. I'm completely with you, and I think uh, the military for sure it will go that element. It's got something for everybody, just like you said, and especially with the narrative that they want to spin. That I think that they're going to spend uh, spin rather. Uh, there's a fear element to it. So all you people that enjoy being scared, which most it's most of the population, right? Enjoy on a narcissistic type of subconscious level. Um, they they like being scared, man. That's and it's clear because they remain in that fear state all the time. So there's something for everybody when it comes to that. So. I'd say on this note, man, uh, let's let's wrap it here because we we could do this all day, dude. Uh, I could talk no. to you forever and all the time. So we'll <laughs> we'll definitely do it again in the future, though, Charlie. I can't thank you enough for your time, man. If you don't mind, just tell the folks where they're at, where where they can find you at. I'll link all this in the show notes, and then we'll wrap, buddy. Right on. You can find uh, my website is the Octopus of Global You can find just about everything that I'm doing there. Uh, from that, you'll be able to. It'll take you to where macroaggressions is. It's available as an audio podcast and also as a video podcast. Just just the just the interviews are in video, but the the monologue is is audio only. So uh, that's out there and available. And um, and we'll do this again because I love these conversations and I have I'm of the belief that. Before we can get things fixed, we've got to really we've got to kind of talk about what's broken and what's happening, and and a lot of people are unwilling or unable to do that, and so it's nice to to try and encourage them to participate in this conversation and try and see things from a different perspective. And if they can do that, and if they can allow themselves to do that, then we might just be able to uh, put ourselves on the path towards fixing some of these things. And, and I appreciate the opportunity to come on with you and, uh, and get weird for welcome. an Any- hour and a half. You're welcome any time, brother. Uh, and I appreciate you for doing what you do. You're author, incredible podcaster, and for coming on the oh, show you. and talking about UFOs and going cabals deep with us. I always love that topic. So <laughs> Definitely cabals deep on this one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, y'all uh, look down in the show notes below. But Charlie, thank you so much, man. This was a true honor. Thank you very much for having me. 
A massive thanks to Charlie Robinson for spending some time on the show with us today, guys. Uh, He is one of my favorite podcasters. He has an incredible show. I hope that you guys find it as valuable as I do and as entertaining and as enjoyable as I do. He has some great monologues, some wonderful interviews. He's had some incredible people on. Also, make sure to check out his book, The Octopus of Global Control. It is all linked down in the show notes. Check that out, man. Definitely listen to his podcast. Uh, As for this show, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the link's to all of the socials are uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. YouTube as well. The YouTube video uh, will be up on our channel over there. There's a link directly from the website. You can check that out as well as our Patreon. If you find the show valuable, uh, please contribute at Patreon. That would be a wonderful way to show your support as well as liking and sharing. That's always beneficial as well. And I'm grateful to everyone. I have the best listeners. I'm truly, truly grateful. Uh, the music that you're hearing under this, uh, as I said in the intro there, was by Vinny the Saint. He does some incredible DJ work, guys. Check him out for sure. The way to find him will be linked in the show notes, so just go check Vinny out. He does some incredible work, and enjoy this dope song, right? He's amazing. So uh, with this, guys, go out into your week this week. Check out Macroaggressions Podcast with Charlie, of course, and just pick up a piece of litter. Pet a dog, smile at a human being, smile at everybody that you come across. Uh, you know, live your live your best life here, guys. Uh, we live in a society. Go ahead and just buy a meal or a cup of coffee for the person in line behind you. Um, be grateful that you've got the means to do that, as well as get the hell out of the left-hand lane. Uh, quit being a piece of shit and get over. Uh, the left-hand lane is not for you to just sit there and do below the speed limit or at speed limit. Get the fuck out of the way. Uh, there's people out here who want to... Uh, go faster than you, and that's what that lane's for. So uh, clearly, I'm over it, but uh, get out of the left lane, guys. Um, as well as all of that good stuff, guys. Um, while you're listening to Macroaggressions, just be grateful to for everything that you've got, for your life, for the people in it. Uh, we are marching towards totalitarianism at some level, but it hadn't happened yet. So you guys just go out into the world and be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. Truly grateful. We'll see you next time.